Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, indeed. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. And it's time to Ask the Preacher, your weekly opportunity to have your Bible questions answered. It's hosted by Believers Fellowship Church in North Lakeland. Normally in here on Fridays is John Freed, but he's out today. Sitting in is George Locke. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody, to Ask the Preacher. It is awesome to be here today. I love doing this program. I'm not going to lie about it. And uh, in studios with me today, I have a special guest. His name is Jim. He's actually my dad, so I'm pretty happy to have him here. Very smart guy. I don't know if you're bragging or complaining. A little bit of both. <laughs> Depends. So, uh my father, Jim, he he um, heads up a ministry called the Continued Covering House of Prayer over in Auburndale, and uh, we actually had him on last time uh, I was hosting, and we talked about prayer. It was a really, really good episode, in my opinion. Um, we, we covered a lot of deep topics, and today we're going to tackle another pretty difficult topic, uh, a lot more in-depth than, than what most people would probably consider. We're going to talk about forgiveness today. And all of the good and the bad and great that goes with that. But before we get started on that, uh, there's an event coming up. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, um, Saturday, uh, February 19th from 1 to 5 p.m. We are having a community cookout, we call it. Um, we're inviting people to come. It's free food. Uh, there's going to be music there. We've got an evangelist uh, from Kansas City is coming, and uh, he's going to be giving the word. And it's open to the public, and everything's absolutely free. We're going to have free drawings for Visa cards at the end. So I would encourage everybody, if you are in um, the Berkeley Road uh, area, neighborhood around Walmarts, if you live in there, come on over Saturday, um, February 19th from 1 to 5, and uh, enjoy. And the churches, if you are part of a church, if you go to a church, if you are an usher, a deacon, a pastor in the church— Please join. The Continued Covering House of Prayer is not a church. No, it is no. not in competition with churches. It is a ministry for the churches. We want to, uh, as Aaron helped lift up Moses' arms, yeah. we want to help lift up the body's arms and, and lift your specific church up. So if you're hearing me and you are a church member, if you are a pastor, a deacon, an elder, this is for you as well. Join us. And... Uh, so with all that being said, we do also, I wanted to say we do appreciate churches like uh, Believers Fellowship, and we work with a couple of other churches, and our mission statement, in fact, is we are lifting up the arms of the churches, and we're reaching out our hands to the community, and we're lifting our hearts to Jesus. And so we do appreciate all of the uh, fellowship and all of the partnership uh, that the churches have been giving us. Right on, right on. And a reminder, this is a call-in talk show, so if you have questions about what we're talking about or about anything, please call in. The phone number is 863-682-1430. We'll be happy to answer your questions or at least give some kind of uh, answer to it. But let's talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Pop quiz, since this is a question show, how many verses in the Bible mention forgiveness? Oh, my goodness. Any know. guess? I'm sure you have the answer. There. 89. 89. 89 of them mention either forgive or forgiveness. But do you know, out of all 89 verses, the one thing that those verses do not tell you what to or how to do? How to forgive. They don't tell you how to forgive. Well, we're going to explore that. So today. that's pretty interesting. And, and 
I guess the best way to start this out is to say we're going to cover three things. First of all, why we need to forgive, what's the significance of it, uh, how to forgive, and what is true forgiveness. And and so uh, I guess out of those three, let's tackle the why first. Yeah. And in my experience, I'm, I'm a young guy, and uh, – Typically, in my own personal experience, I have found that I want to forgive for one of three reasons. One, because it's supposed to be the right thing to do, right? The Bible tells us that we need to forgive Mm -hmm. so that we can be forgiven by God the Father. If we don't forgive, he won't forgive us. And so it's like, oh, well, I, I want to be forgiven by God. So I find myself trying to forgive because it's a command. Yeah, it's mandated. There's confusion on that. And then the second reason uh, I find myself wanting to forgive because I, 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 it's almost like peer pressure, right? You, you get people who say, oh, you know, you need to forgive. You need to let that go. And so it's almost like this, you know, community mandate. And then the third reason is the healing process. You know, I think, oh, this is a shortcut to, to being healed, right? If forgiveness is the end game, let me just skip mm-hmm. to that and then I'm good to go. And we have a caller on the line already. That's pretty awesome. Well, going to jail me if I could prove. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to skip and, and uh, we're going to pass on to that uh, caller and we're going to continue with the conversation here. Yeah. Again, if you do want to call in 863-682-1430. But uh, the first issue that I kind of have with those three, I, I said, you know, healing is because it's the right thing to do. Healing is uh, kind of peer pressured into doing and then healing is uh, supposed to our forgiveness is supposed to be the, the healing process. It's the end game of the healing process to forgive, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of came to a realization that all three of those are selfish motivations. You know. What are your uh, thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, uh, there are a lot of Christians that are suffering depressions. They're suffering torments. Um, they're suffering um, uh, relationships that are, that are falling apart. Um, and a lot of that is due to issues of unforgiveness because there's been a lot of things taught about forgiveness that aren't really scriptural, aren't really right. Um, and in a study of this, you know, uh, being the one who leads the house of prayer, one of the things that Jesus taught us when he taught us that model prayer, which we call the Our Father of the Lord's Prayer, he said, forgive as you've been forgiven. Because if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. And that struck me. Um, that kind of went against some doctrinal things that I believe in, such as he is just and faithful to forgive us if we ask him. Um, that our forgiveness, our salvation, isn't dependent on things we do or don't do. It's dependent on what Christ did on that cross of Calvary. So I struggled with that. What does Jesus mean when he says, if we don't f- forgive— as we've been forgiven, we don't forgive others, uh, that we won't be forgiven by the Father. And so in my search for that, um, God brought me through a journey in the scriptures. And he showed me those three things, what forgiveness truly is, how to forgive, and what he specifically means when he tells us that if we don't forgive as we've been forgiven, our Heavenly Father won't forgive us. And so it began um, actually with reading Psalm 51. And I understood that that's 
David's psalm of repentance after it was revealed to him by the prophet uh, Nathan that uh, about his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, that he had had Uriah murdered, uh, that he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, and she became pregnant, and he married her to cover the whole thing up. And um, it was revealed to him by Nathan, and he told him, David, you're the man. And so David wrote this psalm, and it's a psalm of repentance. And people are familiar with some of the verses in that psalm, such as, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. Um, uh, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. But before David writes that, in verse 4, he writes this in that psalm. He says, Because it's against you, God, and you alone have Mm -hmm. I sinned. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, it makes me stop and say, Wait a minute. Didn't David indeed sin against Bathsheba? And didn't David sin against Uriah? And didn't he sin against all of Israel? So, God, how can you allow it in your word uh, as a matter of public record for all of eternity? That And he emphasizes it. He says it twice, that against you and you alone did mm-hmm. David sin. Mm-hmm. So God t- started to explain to me what true forgiveness is and where it comes from. It's an interesting point because in a lot of Orthodox Jewish communities and circles, they they prescribe this idea that if a family member is murdered, you as the family can't forgive the murderer because you were not murdered. You were not sinned against. And, you know, it, it kind of goes with real world situations. You know, your, your dad beats your mom kind of a thing. Well, you can't forgive your father for beating your mom mm. because you weren't the one beat. You can forgive him for how he made you feel, alienated, insecure, uh, alone. Those things were done against you or maybe not done against you, but they were a, a, an effect of yeah. his choice. But you can't forgive him for the act that he committed against your mother because it wasn't committed against you. Uh, really interesting point. We're going to talk about that a little bit more This is a reminder, the phone number to call in and get your questions answered is 863-682-1430. We'll see you right after this break. Let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher on this Friday afternoon, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's George and Jim. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the break. Just a reminder, 863-682-1430 if you want to call in and have your questions answered. Uh, we are talking about forgiveness today, and uh, it's not going to be a surface-level study. We're, we're going to be diving pretty deep, and we're going to be tackling what is forgiveness, why is it important, and how do you do actually it? do it? Uh, you know, it's it's not um, it's not like a three-step or you know four-step program to forgive somebody outlined in the Bible. So we're mm-hmm. we're talking about it in studio today. We got Jim, and uh, he was just describing his uh, his journey and yeah. discovery through the Bible of, of what forgiveness is. So do you want to continue with your train of thought? Yeah. In Psalm 51, I was indignant that God would allow David to say it was against God and God alone uh, that he had sinned because he had sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah and all of Israel. And so God stopped me in all that. And he said, well, let me ask you a question. Which one of Bathsheba's laws did David break? And I'm thinking, and I'm saying, well, Bathsheba doesn't have any law. You're the only maker of law. And God said, exactly. So whose law did David break? I said, well, he broke your law. He said, well, then who did he sin against? I said, well, 
he sinned against you. He said, and what did I do that David might be forgiven for his sin? And I thought and I thought and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I never ignore sin. I never wink at sin. I poured out all the wrath and the indecency that sin in its unfairness deserves. But I didn't pour it out on David. I poured it out on Christ. And I said, wow, that, that's amazing. And he said, so it was against me and me alone that David sinned. And then he went through that process with Uriah. He said, which one of Uriah's laws? Which one of Israel's laws? So, so how does that tie into forgiveness? Well, I came to realize that David only sinned against God and God alone. So the issue of forgiveness was between David and God. Um, then he continued and he asked me, he said, now, the people that you have sinned against, mm -hmm. which one of their laws did you break? And I was relieved. I said, well, I never broke their law, God. I only broke your law. He said, that's right. He said, and what did I do that you may be forgiven for breaking my law? I said, you took all the wrath and all the indecency and all that the unfairness of my sin deserves, and you poured it out, but you didn't pour it out on me. You poured it out on Jesus. Mm -hmm. He said, exactly. Now, let me ask you one more question. The people that have sinned against you, which one of your laws did they break? And when he Ooh. said that to me, Ouch. <laughs> I said, well, they never broke my law. They only broke your law. He said, and what did I do that they might be forgiven for breaking my law? I said, you poured out all the wrath and the indecency that sin deserves, but you didn't pour it out on them. You poured it out on Jesus. He said, now, if they only broke my law and I did all that that they might be forgiven, who are you to hold anything against them? Mm. And God mm. taught me how to release all of those people so I wouldn't be bound to something that he says never happened in the first place because of his doctrine of justification. It's just as if that I had never sinned. So God showed me it's like unforgiveness is like holding a hot coal. And he said, you can hold that hot coal and it's burning your hand and you can ignore it and you can say, I've, I don't feel this hot coal or um, I've already said to this hot coal, it's okay, you're forgiven. But the problem is you're still holding on to it and it's burning you. So what do you have to do? I said, well, I got to release it. He said, now you're okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. He said, no, you're not. He said, you still have a burn in your hand. So what do you got to do? You got to take the salve and you got to apply it. And he said, this is the salve of forgiveness. You say, Father, in the same way that I have been released from the sin that I perpetrated against you, those who have sinned against me, I release them in the same way because they never sinned against me in the first place. They only sinned against you. And I did that as a process, and God said, now, how many times do you have to do that? Because you let go of that coal, and you put the salve on, and it's good for about two, three minutes, and then it starts to burn again. So what do you do? Pick the hot coal back up and say, that didn't work? Of course not. You take the salve, and you apply it again, and you apply it as many times as it takes until the pain goes away. And I said, okay, then I'm pain-free after a while. He said, yeah, but it's not over. Because you can't function with your hand until you go through rehabilitation because there's damage that has been done to your hand. It's the same with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Even after the pain is gone, you have to continue until you can function in the way that I created you to function. Just like you have to have rehab for your hand until your hand can function the way I created it, you have to take care of those internal wounds. And you have to do that 
by applying that salve of forgiveness over and over again. So it's a lifetime process. That kind of reminds me of uh, the last time we talked. We talked about prayer, and one of the things that uh, I find amazing about prayer, using you know the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, Our Father who art in heaven, how to be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's selflessness, right? That whole prayer is nothing about uh, me. Even Mm -hmm. in forgiveness of sin, forgive, you know, uh, us, it's always us language, it's communal, our Father. And so it's, uh, there's a, I like listening to rabbis because they have this great insight. In my opinion, they paint these beautiful pictures with amazing details all around the edges of the picture, and they just leave the middle of the, the, the painting, the focal point, who is mm-hmm. Yeshua. They, they leave him out, but they paint all these other great, amazing details, and, and so I like to get their insights. And um, I heard a rabbi one time say, what is holiness? You know, the Bible tells us to be holy as God is holy, but what is holy? We don't have a definition for it. And he said, well, I think when you look at, you know, God's personality, holiness is mm-hmm. not with an H alone. It's a W H. He is holy completely about us. He is completely selfish, selfless for his sake, and everything he does is for us, which I think is just the embodiment of Jesus. I, it still amazes me how they don't see that, but it's true. And so even in this yeah. this example of, of your discovery of what forgiveness is, yeah. it's this selflessness. It is, yeah. I am not going to hold on to a law that was never mine to have justified, you know, this this offense that they have, quote, committed against me, they didn't. And, you know, my own, my, my own experience, and I maybe I've learned this from people in my life, maybe even from you, is uh, this quote that dead men don't have feelings. And truly, if I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, not me, but Christ who lives in me, well, then what do I have to be offended about? Because uh, I'm supposed to be crucified and resurrected with him. The old me, mm. the old me that would have been offended and would have held on to that hot coal, he's dead. He's buried. Mm. And now I am living as Christ. And so just a reminder, this is a call-in show. We would love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, listen to some comments. The phone number to call in is 863-682-1430. We're going to go to a quick break, but we are going to come back and we're going to talk about How do we actually do this process of forgiveness? Again, 863-682-1430. Time to get back to more of Ask the Preacher, your weekly opportunity to have Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church of North Lakeland. Sitting in for John Freed this afternoon is George Locke. Welcome back from the break, everybody, and I uh, just want to remind you the phone number, 863-682-1430, if you want to call in and have your questions answered. And uh, we are talking about forgiveness today, and we're doing a deep dive into what it is and why it's important and how do we actually do it. And so um, we have in studio Jim, and, and we've been going over uh, a whole bunch of things from the Book of Psalms and David's journey Uh to the Lord's Prayer and how that selflessness. And now we're going to take a look at the parables uh, that Jesus spoke. And there um, is some key insight into forgiveness and yeah. how and the why and uh, the what in his parables. Jim, do you want to share on that? Yeah, I, li- I like the way you describe how the rabbis paint pictures because Jesus did that all the time with his parables. 
And in Matthew chapter 18, um, Peter was pretty upset with some of his brethren. And so he came to Jesus after Jesus had uh, spoke to them about forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer. Um, he said, well, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? And in his Jewish mindset, he's talking about the same sin in a 24-hour period. So he says seven times, thinking, you know, that's seven number is God's number of completion, right? So seven's a good number. Seven times, and Jesus, I could see him kind of chuckling maybe, and he says, Peter, I don't say seven, but 70 times seven, 490 times, right? In 24-hour in period, the same sin. I mean, I slapped you in the face and said, please forgive me. Every 8.7 seconds, I come back and I hit you again, and I'd say, please forgive me, and you're forgiving me and what, what, until I beat you to death. Well, that's how Jesus forgave us, right? So uh, Peter's confounded by this answer, so Jesus tells him a parable. And, and the parable is about these two people who owed a debt. And the one owed the king uh, 10,000 talents, and he begged the king, and he said, I will pay it all back, and, uh, and, and it just have, you know, um, just give me some time. I'll pay it all back. And that was an empty promise because that was like a year's wages. He's never going to pay that back. But it says the king had compassion on him and forgave him of the debt. So he went out and he found a, a fellow servant who only owed him a penny, which is a day's wage. And he said, give me what you owe me. And he said, I don't have it. Please be patient with me. The same thing he asked the king, but he wouldn't do it. He grabbed him. He had him and his family thrown in jail. Other servants went and told the king this. So the king calls him in and the king says to him, you're a wicked servant. I forgave you all of that. Shouldn't you have forgiven your brother the little bit of debt? He owed you after I forgave you that great debt. So now I'm going to hand you over to the tormentors until you repay what you owe. And he didn't owe the 10,000 talents any longer because that was forgiven. What he owed was forgiveness. In these parables, we know that these parables, every character represents something. Of course, the king is is God or Jesus in this parable. And the one who owes the debt to God is you and I, an unpayable debt that he himself paid. And he releases us from that debt. So the things that people owe us in comparison to what we owe God is so minute, it's so mm -hmm. little. Yeah. But when we don't forgive them, what happens? And this is what Jesus meant when he says, if you don't forgive, neither shall you be forgiven. If we don't release those people in the same way that we have been released from breaking God's law, when they never broke our law in the first place, yeah. it says that we're handed over to the tormentors. The tormentors in this parable are demonic spirits. Now, God doesn't hand us over to demonic spirits. We open the door to demonic spirits, spirits of heaviness that cause depression, mm -hmm. you know, uh, seducing spirits that cause torment, spirits of fear that cause torments, when we don't follow that example that God gave to us and we don't release others. And there's so many Christians that are suffering from depression. Now, I'm not saying un unforgiveness is the complete cause of their depression, but it certainly opens doors yeah, it can be. to demonic spirits. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not just a state of mind. It can be an actual spiritual yeah. problem. Just as the Holy Spirit produces fruit that grow in our lives, there are other mm -hmm. spirits, according to the Bible, that produce other fruit. And, and the Bible mentions 16 of them by name and all of their specific fruits. So that's an interesting point. That you, yeah. And the longer we hold on to that hot coal, the more damage is done. The deeper the damage goes, it goes emotional damage, 
psychological damage, even to physical damage. I mean, the Word of God makes it clear that a broken spirit uh, affects us physically. It affects us emotionally. And so the sooner we learn how to forgive, to release people in the same way that Christ released us because of what he did on that cross of Calvary and because we never, they, they never broke our law in the first place. They only broke God's law. The sooner we release that, the less damage there is, the less um, time it will take for us to heal, the less the process will be for us to heal. So kind of bringing this to the how now, uh, I, I've had personal mm-hmm. you know, situations in my life, of course, where it's very tough to forgive people. And, and uh, I was talking to God, you know, how do you, how do I do this? And one of the things that he helped me, uh, I, I like to paint pictures and, and, and use analogies and examples. That's how I learn. And, and so he was gracious enough to uh, help me understand that through a broken coffee cup. And uh, he helped me understand that people, all of us, we are all damaged coffee cups. And you take a coffee cup and it's perfect, but we break God's law. And when we break God's law, it's shattering. It shatters our lives. And so you can take that coffee cup that's been dropped on the floor and you can glue it back together. But anybody who's done that knows it's never 100%. There's always these little chips and these little nicks and these little cracks that just – you know, they're 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 still there, and the coffee cup might have um, the form and the shape of a coffee cup, and it might look pretty good, but it gets dropped again, and then there's another little crack, another little hole in that coffee cup. And so, when you go to pour hot coffee into that coffee cup, if you expect that coffee cup to be perfect and not leak and not burn hot coffee all over your hand, you are going to do what to that coffee cup? You're going to throw it down and you're going to damage that coffee cup even more. You're going to break that coffee cup even more. And so that was the example that he gave me. And it ties into this this truth that it's not our laws. And when we hold ourselves to this high esteem that I am the arbiter of of justice and Mm. truth – uh, I am the one who judges this broken coffee cup that yeah. Do you I'm, have a law greater than God? Yeah, that, that I'm holding on to, and this is clearly a damaged coffee cup. We all are, and I'm expecting it to not burn me. I'm just a hurting myself literally, and then I'm needlessly judging this coffee cup and yeah. throwing it down and shattering it and breaking it even more. And and so um, that kind of ties into the okay, so. It's important for us to forgive. The, the why we need to forgive is because in order to be holy as God is holy, mm-hmm. in order to be one with him, as Second Corinthians says that we are, when we receive his nature, we, we ask him for forgiveness, we ask him for his nature because he crucified our sinful nature on the cross. So now we're born of the divine seed. We're one with him according to Second Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians. So n- knowing that the why is so that we can be selfless as he is selfless. We can be wholly, completely, with the WH, about him and about other people as he is completely, selflessly about us. That's the why we should forgive, to to be in true communion and relationship with him and with others. The what is forgiveness is just that realization. It's not necessarily an emotional thing. It's not even necessarily a verbal announcement that 
I forgive you. Here's my declaration of forgiveness. It is the realization internally that I did not have my law violated. Yeah. It is not me who this person has sinned against. No matter how bad the sin is, because I am not the arbiter of truth, it is not my law that was violated. So then the next question becomes, how do we tangibly, how do we practically put that into our life? And you gave the analogy earlier about it's like holding this hot coal and you can let go of that hot coal, but then your hand is still damaged. It's still burned. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, in your journey, Mm -hmm. what does the Bible say about how do we do this on a daily daily day-to-day process? You know, there has been a lot of good intentions, but a lot of bad teaching on this. Some have said, you know, if if you forgive and then you bring it up again, you didn't really forgive. But there's that emotional damage, you know, um, and people find it difficult to forgive because they don't understand that justice has been paid. One of the greatest hurdles that people have in forgiveness is, well, if I do release this person, if I do forgive this person, even if I understand that it's only God's law that they violated and I release them the same way— justice they'll just do it again mm-hmm. and they won't learn their lesson mm-hmm. and again this is us high in a holders uh, holding a higher standard than even god holds us uh, perpetrating our own law on people and so we have to understand it takes faith to believe and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god we have to stay in the word of god and understand justice has been dealt with justice was paid the most unfair moment in history was when the one who knew no sin became sin for us. And all of the uh, sin that we perpetrated against him was poured out on him. He took that for us. So justice is taken care of. So if we can get past that hurdle, we can go to the next step, which is that next step is you've been told, you know, if you bring it up again, it's not really forgiveness. So forgive and forget. You can't forgive and forget because it keeps coming up. When it keeps coming up, you have to go through that cleansing process as many times as it takes until you're no longer feeling the sting, and then until you can function the way that God created you to function. So it's a lifetime process, sometimes an hourly process, sometimes a daily process, but the process gets better. Wow. Really, really good stuff. Well, we're going to get ready to take a break here. The phone number to call in and ask your questions is 863-682-1430. We'll see you after the break. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher this Friday afternoon. Ask the Preacher is brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. John Freed's out today. Sitting in is Jim and George. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Again, 863-682-1430 if you want to call in and have your questions answered. Uh, Today we're talking about forgiveness and what it is and why it's important and how we do it. And it's been a pretty interesting conversation, in my opinion, so far. Pretty pretty, uh, profound and deep. And so just before the break, we were talking about that. How do we actually do this on a day-to-day life, you know, and, and sometimes... Jim, you were mentioning that sometimes it's an hour-by-hour thing, and the reality of forgiveness is it is recognizing that our laws have not been broken. And we, in order to forgive, we have to uh, 
there can be emotions behind it, so don't mistake me. I, I, I don't think either one of us is saying there's no emotions because you know the Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." But sin not, right? So don't sin. So I, you know, I got four kids, and and I try to teach my children that you know when they make a bad choice or whatever, it's okay. You know, you, you made a bad choice because you you were sad, and that's okay mm-hmm. to feel sad or you were angry. It's okay to feel, you know, angry, but you still have to make good choices, and so. Even with this process of forgiveness and how do we actually yeah. do it, you are naturally going to feel a certain way. Whatever was done to you, you might feel insecure. You might feel angry. You might feel ashamed. You might, you know, whatever has occurred is going to make you feel a certain way. Um, and those emotions are a neutral. They're not good. They're not bad. They're part of your soul. They're right. part of your communication, right. and, and they're part of being uh, an immature of God. And, yeah. and so, it's not necessarily an emotional thing though your emotions can influence it is a spiritual thing it's yeah. a it's an issue of the will and realizing that i am not the arbiter of truth i am not the executioner right you know judgment belongs to yeshua it belongs to jesus and and so my law wasn't violated so just as he forgives me i'm going to have to forgive you well, i do um, it, it can be exhausting if if you keep it on an emotional level if you keep it on a um uh, intellectual level, it can be very exhausting. Understand, uh, forgiveness is um, spiritual warfare, mm. and it's mm-hmm. a spiritual battle. And this is something that has to be done in the spirit. Uh, it, it will completely exhaust you. Otherwise, especially if it's on an hourly basis or yeah. a daily basis, the same thing comes up in your emotions and in your heart. Um, and you become offended. And, and you become offended. So, the one thing you have to learn is. Not only how to deal with offense, but how to not take offense. And if if you can understand that this is a spiritual, and when somebody does something offensive or says something offensive to you, um, you can recognize that and understand you don't battle with flesh and blood. That person and their response to you is not the problem, that there are spiritual forces behind that. And so in doing that, uh, you can... Um, you can, uh, before you get offended, before you have to forgive, you can just not take that offense. You can release them before any offense comes, uh, understanding that um, it's not you and them. It's between them and God, and right. it's between yeah. you and God. And um, that's one thing you can do. But So now you are offended. Uh, offense is that uh, emotional part that we have to deal with, and we have to deal with that in the spirit. Um, in, in spite of the way we feel, we have to go through that process until the feelings line up with the truth. You know, the Word of God says, commit your ways unto the Lord, and he will establish your thoughts. Another way of saying that is um, obey God and obey his word, walk in his word, and he'll change the way you feel about it. And so if you continue in that process, God will heal your emotions. He will heal your intellect. But you have to do this in the spirit. It's a spiritual war. So now here's the challenge, and this is what's tough for me. There is a difference between knowing and doing. I like to think that I know a lot about the Bible. I like to think that I, I uh, know a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, apologetics and doctrine and theology. But man, doing it is so much harder. That that crucifying of the flesh, that denying ourselves. Yeah. Man, that can be difficult. You know. And he, and even that, I find uh, 
condemnation is a, a great battle that a lot of Christians face, and it's because, again— Well, that's a whole other show, the well, difference between well, conviction and well, condemnation. Well, and then there's that whole, you know, you're, you, you can't excuse sin, but you do also have to forgive yourself. And again, you have to realize that uh, if you're being convicted, if you're living in sin, that's one thing. But if you're going and pleading the blood of Jesus, if you're asking for forgiveness, and if you're trusting yeah. that he's forgiving you, uh, then then you're you're not condemned. It, but it's hard sometimes to even forgive yourself in that. It, it comes to faith. You know, what you obey, that's mm-hmm. what you truly believe. Right. And what you're believing, you will obey. So what do you obey? Do you obey? Do you believe your emotions or do you believe the word of God? That is a very good point. Very good point. It is 863 863- Six eight two fourteen thirty. We got just a couple of more minutes. If you got a question, if you got a comment, go ahead and call in, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so here's a, a big, big question, and this is going to be uh, one that we might not be able to completely answer within a couple of minutes. Do you suppose that if a person who claims to be a Christian does not forgive people, what's their relationship status with God? Do you suppose you could? however you want to phrase it, get into heaven by the skin of your teeth, smelling like smoke as the Bible describes? Do you suppose you'd be that kind of a Christian or do you think it's impossible because you're not truly holy as he is holy? What are your thoughts on that? And I'll kind of bounce back yeah. off you there. You know, um, first, first John uh, chapter 5 talks about this a little bit, um, about our response uh, to people and our response to Christ. I, I believe that if you're not a Christian, if the Spirit of God doesn't live inside of you, you have no weapons. You have no way that you can truly forgive somebody. You may appease your emotions. You may try to make deals with people. You might try to meet somebody halfway, but there's no way you can release them because you haven't been released. That only comes through agape love. That only comes through knowing the Creator through Jesus. He's the only one who can lead you into true forgiveness so you can be truly released. Hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. So why it's important? So that we can be in true communion with God. So we can be healed, yeah. And how do we actually do it? It's a process. It's a process. And what is actual forgiveness? It is releasing people. Releasing people and recognizing the way we release them is recognizing you did not violate my law. I am not the one you sinned against. You sinned against God. And though your sin might have hurt me emotionally, I'm not the one who needs to pour you know, judgment on you. He's the judge. And so next week we're going to be here in studio as well. And, and uh, this is supposed to be a call-in radio show we would love to hear you next week Uh, i'm going to be back here in studio and i have a challenge to anybody who's listening right now think of the hardest question you have in regards to the bible god maybe it's a kind of gotcha question you know uh something you might think is a contradiction of the bible i really want to hear some some uh difficult questions and we're going to see if we can work through them and answer them together and and prove that the Word of God is what it says it is. It's a supernatural book written by Yahweh, the Creator. We look forward to seeing you next week on Ask the Preacher. Tonight's First Friday. Go out, have fun, enjoy First Friday, and uh, support local businesses. And on the 19th, we have continued covering House of Prayer. They're doing a 
invitation to an open community event. That's 537 the, Berkeley Road. 537 Berkeley Road on the 19th. 